Hello, my name is Ray Montgomery. I'd like to welcome you to the Navigating Blindness podcast. And on today's show, we have Mr. Brandon Wells, our new executive director of the Bottom Visionary Opportunities Foundation. How are you doing today, sir? Ray, I am doing great. So happy to be here with you today. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for coming on uh, the podcast and really letting the world or really letting Bosva know who you are. So today I really want to uh, get to know you a little bit better, talk about some of your visions for the foundation and just really learn more about you and what uh, some of your goals are to really move the foundation forward uh, for your first year uh, with Bosma. So, so how's your day going so far, Brandon? Having a great day here in uh, in snowy Indiana, nice and nice and warm and cozy inside. Oh yeah, today we had to get some snow, but hey, it's Indiana. It's winter time, so it's something that is uh, know that it was coming, but we always hope that it doesn't. So. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so Brandon, um, you know, tell tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you just now um getting your feet wet here at Bosma, so I just really wanted to learn a little bit more about you. Uh, Brenda, tell me a little bit about your background with foundation building and really just philanthropy in general. Sure, absolutely. Well, um, first first and foremost, let, let, let me uh, tell you about where I'm from and who yeah. I am. Um, so I am originally from Fresno, California, born and raised, okay. uh, which is Central Valley of California, smack dab in the middle of the state. Um, I have been in Indiana now. I'm married a Hoosier. My wife, Melissa, is originally from the Bloomington area. And uh, we moved to Indiana about 10 years ago now. We were, had just started our family. And so my son was about 11 weeks old when I ended up in Indiana. And it was an adventure. Didn't know exactly what we were going to find here, but it ended up being an incredible move. So since I've been in Indiana, I would say my career has really taken me in in a few different stops, but kind of the same direction. Essentially, each stop of my career, especially since I've been in Indiana, has been um, in nonprofit work where I could do whatever good I can help with, right? So um, Indiana is a very philanthropic state. I think that's something that, that we don't get enough credit for. There's a lot of people that want to help. So I think that one of the common themes in, in my career so far here has been, um, you know, helping people figure out how they want to help, you know, aligning them with different missions and different causes and educating them on, on the, the various parts of, of uh, the philanthropic sector that, that needs assistance. And that's kind of how I ended up at Bosma. You know, it, it was the next, it was the next logical place for me to do some good and to hopefully, you know, continue the great thing that they have going. So you moved from California to Indiana. Did, was, it, was it her decision? Was it your decision? Well, I, you know what? There's very, I think there's some truth to the to the happy happy wife, happy life, yeah. mantra, right? Yeah, um, but I was I was by no means brought here kicking the screaming, right? Um, I've always liked a good adventure, right? And yeah. the way I looked at it is moving to Indiana was an adventure. Before I met Melissa, what I knew about Indiana was like Larry Bird, Bob right. Knight, and Reggie Miller. Um, right. I didn't know a lot about the state. So when I came here, it was, like I said, it was an adventure. I got to learn a lot of new things and meet a lot of new people. And, and that's one of the things I enjoy most about my career and really life in general is just seeing what's out there. So it was, I was a willing participant on that new adventure. Oh yeah. You got some plus, you get, at least you get to go to California to visit. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. California's not going anywhere. I no, it's not going anywhere. And, no, and uh, yeah, we, we love to visit whenever, whenever we get a chance. Yeah, yeah. And you can't forget about corn in Indiana, so. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. 
So, so um, now you are the executive director at the at Basel Visionary Opportunity Foundation. So, how did you get introduced to Basel? How did you learn about the organization? What what brought you and attracted you to Basel? Sure. So, um, coincidentally, the first time I heard of Basel was actually working with a volunteer at one of my previous stops in my career. Um, we had a volunteer that was uh, completely blind um, at this point in her life, and she was remarkably efficient at the work that we had her do on our behalf. Um, she'd come in and help us with stuffing of envelopes and doing mailings and filing things and, and doing a lot of admin stuff that, you know, frankly, we needed the assistance with, but she was so efficient so fast. Yeah. And, you know, when I asked her, you know, how did you get so good at this? You know, because she had, she had been blind relatively not a long period of time. Um, she was very late in life for her. Um, she said, you know, she was received assistance and that assistance was through, uh, you know, Bosma and it kind of stuck in my mind. So uh, when the opportunity came up to lead the foundation, I remembered that. And I think that seeing firsthand how Bosma can help people uh, navigate, you know, this challenge in their life. Mm -hmm. um, I remembered that and I wanted to look into it more. And the more I heard about the opportunity and the more I met the people, Ray, uh, that's what makes the place, right? Um, yeah. Every person I've met at Bosma, whether they work there or they're um, receiving, you know, some type of training through Bosma, they, they've just been incredible and so hospitable and passionate about the mission. And that really was what sealed the deal for me. Is you know, when I was fortunate enough that they came to me and said, "Hey, Brandon, we want you to leave the foundation." Um, that was such a blessing, and then I, I I had to say yes because I saw the good that Bosma is doing, and, and I wanted to be a part of it in any way that I can. Definitely. Have you ever worked with the uh, outside of the volunteer that you just spoke upon? Have you ever worked with individuals who are blind? I have worked in the past with some that were not completely blind, but but definitely visually impaired. Um, but I, I I'll be the first one to say, and and you know, similar to my adventure moving to Indiana, I've got a lot to learn. Yeah. You know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to people uh, that I work with every day, uh, those that are blind and visually impaired and those that are not, and learn as much as I can, as fast as humanly possible about, you know, what some of the needs are uh, for the blind and visually impaired community, and, and more importantly, how how Bosma can help meet those needs. So uh, as a new executive director right now, what are some of your, what are your vision, you know, what do you see about your vision for the uh, foundation going forward? Well, I will say the good news is, is the foundation is already doing some great things. Oh, yeah. So I think on one hand, I, I definitely want to continue uh, the, the great momentum that they have established the last several years. There's so many great events happening, you know, for the cause ongoing at, at Topgolf, um, the various open houses, of course, Dining in the Dark is such a great event for, for the Bosma Visionary Opportunities Foundation. Mm -hmm. We want to keep those things going, right? But I really, really want to do what I can to make that spotlight a little bigger. One of the things that, that I, I immediately thought about the foundation is that, man, this is kind of a great kept secret in Indiana. And frankly, I don't want it to be a secret anymore, right? right. I want everybody to know the great things that the Bosma Visionary Opportunities Foundation is doing for their, their consumers now. Um, and I want to really do the best job I can to highlight the needs going forward. So things are great, but they can be even better. And this is how we're going to get there together. So I think if you can sum up my vision um, briefly, that would be it. Let's shine a spotlight on what we're doing well 
and then let's explore what we can do even better to help more people because that's really what it's all about. I think in the process of doing that, we need also need to recognize all the folks that are doing the work now and how great of a job they're doing. Uh, one of the things getting started early in my tenure at Bosma is I, I'm so looking forward to meeting all of my new teammates and learning about their roles, both on the foundation side and the enterprise side, because I, I believe that the synergy between the two sides of the house is going to make the entire organization even stronger and um, the people are what makes the place. So I, I think shining a light on the things that they're doing as well um, is going to be a big win for us. Because if our donors and our board members that are doing all this great work and, and supporting us in so many ways, um, they need to know you know, the great things we're doing so they can kind of see the fruits of their labor as well. Yeah. So we, we, we want to expand. We want to highlight the, the great things we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing a lot of work across all 92 counties uh, throughout the state of Indiana. Uh, right now we got about 160,000 Hoosiers uh, facing some form of vision loss. And we know we there's a 70% unemployment rate among people who are blind and vision impaired. So really having Bosma Center for Visionary Solutions here and just really having Bosma here in Central Indiana is really helping uh, enhance the lives of Hoosiers who are blind or visually impaired and is actually helping create these opportunities. And our donors and sponsors and even our employees play a huge role in that because they're always uh, giving back, giving their time, talent and treasures ready to help move the organization forward. So definitely great on that. So, Brendan, what's your philosophy on fundraising? Well, I, I, I think telling the story first and uh -huh. foremost is is you know really one of my main philosophies your donors and your supporters need to know exactly why they're donating and why they're supporting the organization there are so many amazing stories right that that are out there about the people's lives who have been transformed yeah. through the bosma visionary opportunities foundation um you know it, to the point where they probably couldn't imagine where their lives would be without it those are the stories we need to tell. And I think that if you get, when you get in front of donors and you truly tell them, you know, the story of the organization and the people they're helping it, you know, the, the opportunity kind of sells itself in a lot of ways. But on the flip side of that, um, I firmly believe that, you know, when it comes to fundraising, we need to know their story as well. Um, you know, one of the things I, I love about this line of work is I, I really genuinely like to hear people's stories. I like to know where they're from. I like to know what your high school mascot was, Ray, and we're talking yeah. about where you're from, right? right. Um, because that's a part of your story. Right. And I think that if people know that you're genuinely interested in them, which I am, um, then they genuinely want to hear what you have to say and, and why you're in front of them talking about this opportunity to give or this opportunity to volunteer. And I think that if you take that organic approach and not overthink it, then you become successful at it. Uh, because the, the when it comes down to it, it's all about aligning, you know, the need with the person that can fulfill the need. You know, the, if they're sitting in front of you, if they're on the phone talking to you about Bosma, you know, they've already kind of made up their mind. I think that they want to help in some way. They just need to hear specifically how they can help. Right. And it's my job to kind of be the steward of that, right? To, to be the ambassador of how they can help and help them find why they want to help. And, and that's been my philosophy and, and it's worked well for me in the past. And, and I'm, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel in that regard. Yeah. I like that. Um, getting to know your donors as well as them knowing the organization. And that was my next question. Uh, uh, just really, how do you build those relationships with these individual donors uh, really to keep them coming back, keep them uh, being a recurring uh, 
sponsor or supporter of the organization. Yeah, I, I think it's a two-way street. Um, they need to be kept in the loop. You know, one of the things that, uh, you know, any development officer that, that is good at their job knows that communication is key. Um, people need to know early and often what their opportunities are to participate, whether it's showing up to an event, uh, making a donation, registering for a silent auction, whatever the various things are uh, that that we need their assistance with, they need to know early and they need to hear it often because people are busy. You know, we have yeah. busy lives, and and you know we're fortunate where our board members and our consistent supporters of Plasma are, are very busy, successful people. So we need to get on their radar early, right? Yeah. Um, but you also need to get their feedback. You know, I want to know. You know, did you enjoy that golf stream? Is there anything we can improve on? Um, how did you feel about dining in the dark? And the only way that you can learn those things is to follow up with them. So I mean it when I say this. One of my favorite things about events and, and the, you know, the wonderful things that Bosma does to get people in the doors is what comes after, what comes up afterwards. That follow-up conversation. Hey, Ray, I met you at dining in the dark. Um, tell me what you enjoyed most about the dinner. Was it challenging for you? You know, if they're not visually impaired or blind, you know, how did you feel about eating blindfolded? I mean, that was tough, right? I think if you start to have those conversations with folks and, and it just becomes a genuine connection, then you've got a new member of the Bosma family at that point. And that's what you want. You want your donors, your supporters, your board members and volunteers to be like part of the extended family. That way there's that buy-in. And, and that's that's my approach to relationship building. And, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay at it. Yeah, that's, that, I like that approach that, that that keeps them, like you said, that keeps them engaged. It lets us know that we're actually thinking about them as well as they're uh, helping us, like I said, move the mission of Bosma forward at the end of the day. So, yeah, that's I like that philosophy there. Definitely. So how was, uh, you know, over the last year or two, or actually the last two years, we've been dealing with this uh, coronavirus and the mm -hmm. pandemic. How has that affected, you know, the way that we are able to, or the way you've been, you know, able to raise funds and just really, uh, build these relationships with uh, donors and sponsors. You know, it's been it's been incredibly challenging. Right? I think anybody would would agree with that in, in so many ways. Um, you know, in 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 some regards, though, it's also been a major opportunity. You know, one of the things that that this COVID pandemic has has taught us is you know uh, there's a lot of work to be done in so many ways. You know, I think early on in the pandemic. Uh, once kind of the shelter in place stopped and people started to try to get back to some sense of normalcy, you know, we saw a lot of gaping holes in the way we help people, right? We saw that, you know, a lot of places weren't able to open, reopen uh, small businesses and people lost jobs. Um, I imagine places like, like Bosma that is doing some real critical work to help the blind and visually impaired, you know, live, live you know, independent lifestyle. That doesn't always translate well to virtual work, right? So right. they had to find out new ways to help people. Um, but you know, like any other challenge, I truly feel that when you're challenged and you overcome something, you're better for it. You know, there is an opportunity. Obviously, if I could wave a magic wand, I wish it never happened. It's been unspeakable, um, you know, tragedies in a lot of ways in terms of loss of life and, and sickness, and you know, the people's lives changing as a result of this pandemic. But I think it's also taught us how resilient we are. And it's also taught us that, you know, there's still a lot of good that we can do regardless of the challenges in front of us. When it comes to development work, um, some of that challenge has been, oh, my gosh, we can't have that fundraiser this year. 
You know, we can't feed people that $100 plate dinner that we rely on to fundraise. So how are we going to fundraise? Well, and that's when it comes back to those relationships we talked about earlier. Um, it's reminded me how critically important it is to have genuine relationships with your supporters. So even if you don't have a golf tournament to invite them to because they had to be canceled or you don't have a dinner, you can just pick up the phone and call them, yeah. set up a Zoom call and tell them, you know, fully transparently why you need their help and why their help is even more critical now. And I think that if you have those relationships built up, you can overcome those things. Um, but the reality of it is, Ray, is we're still here, right? We're still working through these things. It, it's ever evolving. Um, so, you know, hopefully the things we've learned the last year or two of how we overcome things when the next, if the next variant pops up and we have to go virtual again and things like that, hopefully we remember those lessons and we build on them so we can try to have as much sense of normalcy about our, our business as we can. Yeah, definitely. So um, the foundation actually hosts three major events. So you talked about the dining in the dark. That's, that's our biggest fundraiser. That's probably one of my mm-hmm. favorite events right there. As uh, at the JW Marriott, you eat under the sleep shade and kind of simulate what it is to have a, a visual impairment. And then we have our Hasbrook Awards luncheon, which is coming up um, mm-hmm. March the 10th. Then we have our golf classic. They don't let me play golf, Brandon, so I, I haven't got a chance to do that. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs> but I get out there and take a swing one day. But those are our three major uh, fundraisers. Talk about how these events really help us continue, once again, our mission of uh, creating these opportunities for people who are losing their sight or who have lost their sight, because sometimes people don't realize that it can happen to you. And I think that sometimes that's actually missed out upon because people don't think it can happen to them. But I'm at the rehab center often and I see people who are uh, electrical engineers. I've seen lawyers. I've seen bus drivers. Mm-hmm. I've seen scooch. I've seen it all, you know, coming through that door and, um, and they've been hit with blindness. So it, it wasn't something that they were really expecting uh, to happen in their life. So talk about how these funds are really helping us continue our mission, once again, of creating these opportunities for individuals who are losing their vision. Absolutely. I, I, you know, I think first, being able to bring people together, that, that sense of community is critical. And, you, you know, we were just talking about COVID. I think now more so than ever, we understand the importance of that. And we don't take it for granted any longer. Um, when you can bring like-minded people together in the same room for the same cause, whether it's for a, uh, a dining in the dark or an open house of some sort or outside of a golf course, there's an energy to that. You can feel it. You know, you feel that like, oh, my gosh, we're all here. We're on the same team. We're working for the same thing. I think if you pair that with um, the empathy that comes with being exposed to those that are having challenges, right? I, I think that, you know, when we talk about telling the story, it's really important at those type of events that we're able to have to show our folks that are there as supporters to introduce them to people that have benefited from Bosma so they can see it. I think once a donor, there's no way that you can put somebody that has benefited from Bosma in the room with a potential donor and not leave with a supporter. Because I, I believe that. I know that when people see the good that the organization does for those that need our help, they will absolutely support. And that's what those events do. Um, but they also get to have fun. I mean, you know, gosh, we all need to have a little fun right now, right? Oh, yeah. It's been it's been a tough couple of years. 
So you can get out on the golf course. Um, you can get out there and, and have dinner, you know, and not, not successfully be able to drink a glass of wine blindfolded, you know, like that's fun. And um, I think that if people can have fun together, but then also learn about the mission, th- that's a win-win. That, that's when you create that community and that's when you create that same family that I was speaking of earlier. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Definitely dining in the dark. I know a lot of people have a great time at dining in the dark. And there you actually are sitting with an ambassador who's usually typically uh, uh, employee of Bosma Enterprises and actually maybe even an uh, individual that's going through our rehab center. And you get mm-hmm. to hear their stories. You get to talk to them one on one and you get to realize uh, that people are people. You know, we all have a story. We yeah. all have uh, something we want to bring to the world. And we all have to do things. Sometimes I'm blind, but I may do things a little bit different than you. But, you know, deep down, we're all the same individuals uh, at the end of the day. So I think you hit the nail on the head, right? When you said that, you know, this could this could happen to you. Right. This is something that can happen to anybody. And I think that when people get in front of folks and it has happened to, there's been some type of event or, or issue that has created, you know, vision, them being visually impaired or blind. That empathy takes over. Oh my gosh, what would I do in that situation? Well, right. I'll tell you what you would do in that situation. You would seek out an organization like Bosma and you would right. get help. Yeah. And the reality of it is, is that help takes money. It costs money for us to provide service to 92 counties. It takes money for us to hold these events and to train the folks that need the training. Um, but here's the good news, Ray. Money is a resource that's there. There's plenty of money in this state, in this philanthropic state, there's plenty of money to go around for the various right. causes. People just need to be aware of it and they need to know it's an issue. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to make sure that people are aware of it. We're going to make sure they have fun. And then we're going to make sure the dollars come in so we can build upon the already great work we're doing and make sure this thing keeps going forever. Definitely. definitely. Those are all great points right there. So how, how do you, um, you know, as you get uh, introduced to your first year here at Bosma, uh, what are your plans for the first year? What, what, how do you uh, plan on building the foundation? What are you looking forward to? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, you'll hear this early and often. I mentioned earlier, I want to increase, increase awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a whole network of people that, that I've met since I've been here and I've worked with and I've been at uh, other charitable events with that may not be aware of what Boss was doing. So, you know, I want to bring my personal Rolodex and, and make sure they're aware first and foremost, my family and friends. But then I want to build awareness throughout the state of what the needs are and what the great things are we're doing. Um, and we did, we're going to do that by telling the story, right, Ray? We're going to tell the story of our, of our consumers. We're going to tell the story of our staff. And we're going to let people know, um, you know, that there's a need, but that those issues can be overcome with support from them. Um, and, you know, again, I, I, I can't say this enough. I want to shine a spotlight on my teammates at Bosma and the board, because I think that these are the folks that have been doing the work much longer than I have and have done some incredible things in the state of Indiana for the blind and visually impaired. And I want to make sure that everybody knows that because, you know, where I, I, I come from an athletic background and, you know, I played sports all through high school. I played baseball in college and I'm, I'm a firm believer in the team model that, you know, everybody has a role. And as a team, you, you can be wildly successful. So I want to make sure that the team is given their just due and their credit for all the work they've done and let everybody know what we're doing together. Uh, so there's there's a lot of opportunity for everybody to win in that, in that model. And that's, that's what we're going to do this next year. 
Now, it's going to be a whirlwind. It's going to go fast, but we're going to meet a lot of people, shake a lot of hands, and tell a lot of stories. Yeah, we're going to keep on making that impact throughout the state of Indiana here. That's right. So let me ask you this. this is one of my just fun questions. I like to just throw random questions out to my guests here. So if you could take three items with you to a, a deserted island, what would those three items be? Oh, that is a great question. So if I'm in a deserted island, right? So yeah. I would say I would probably need, um, I don't know if you've seen this or not. I actually just saw an app for one of these. One of those, I can't remember what they're called, but they're like survival straws, right? Like it's that it's that kind of straw mechanism that you can basically cycle dirty water through and it okay. filter water. Okay. I definitely take one of those because right, I'm right. on an island and there's nothing but salt water, right? So I got to have one of those. Um, a change of clothes, you know, because when you watch those deserted island movies, everybody gets pretty raggedy after a while, yeah, yeah. right? And I like to at least be able to cycle it in and out a little bit. Right. <laughs> um, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself uh, a little bit of credit and assume that I'd be able to figure out how to start a fire um, and find some, you know, find some food or some fish or something to eat. So I'm gonna say music, right? I know okay. that's not a necessity, but right. if I'm gonna be stranded on a deserted island by myself, I need access to uh to some music to, to pass the time so i'm not yeah. going, going totally stir crazy there or at least you got your water and then you got to change your clothes you can be clean when you... <laughs> right yeah so when, when the rescuers show you? up you know I'm, I'm 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 looking okay i'm not too thirsty and, and i can provide some some music for them while, while we're waiting to get there while we're waiting, waiting. <laughs> all right well brandon thank you for coming on the podcast today it was Great to hear about your vision, your philosophies, and your goals for the Baza Vision Every Opportunity Foundation. And if they want to learn more about the foundation, how would they go about uh, getting in contact with you and the foundation? Well, definitely visit uh, the foundation's website. Um, and uh, you can reach out to me directly. Uh, that would be incredible for people to do that. Um, my cell phone number is not a classified thing. Uh, it's area code 559-916. 1072. That 559 area code is because I could not let go of the California area code. So right. when you get a call from Fresno, California, that's probably me calling you. So please pick up. <laughs> uh, but you can call and text me anytime. Um, you can also email me. And uh, my email address is brandonw at bosma.org. Again, that's brandonw at bosma.org. And I'd love to hear from you, even if it's just to say hi. So um, if I don't hear from you, you'll be hearing from me. All right, sir. Well, good luck with all your endeavors. And once again, you learn. If you guys want to learn more about Bosma, please visit us on the web at bosma.org. Make sure you're subscribed to the Navigating Blindness podcast on Apple, Google, and SoundCloud. And definitely make sure you're subscribed to all of our social media pages. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you.